Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Real with Chris Norris, a podcast production of Revox Social. At Revox Social, we do social media marketing for you, or we could teach you how to do it better. We help you expand your reach online and successfully connect with customers through the power of social media. Check out RevoxSocial.com for more information. Man, today I'm excited to uh, be joined by a guest who, uh, of course, like uh, many of our guests as of late and in the continued uh, episode ahead, we want to interview business owners who were forced to shift their thinking and pivot during the pandemic. Um, And I am very interested and intrigued by some of the ways in which they did that, specifically from a social media marketing standpoint. But today's guest owns a local restaurant, did some amazing things through social media. Uh, every time I opened up my feeds, I saw you know yummy looking food pics and delicious looking drinks and uh, did some really cool things, tried some new things, and even had so much success with some of the ways in which they continued to serve their customers during coronavirus that they actually grew a new business from that. So without further ado, I'll step aside and get to our interview with today's guest. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Keeping It Real with Chris Norris. I am excited today to be joined by Rebecca Stein. She's the proprietor of Room 33, a speakeasy-style restaurant here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Also, it is your birthday at the time of this recording. So happy birthday, Rebecca, and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So I obviously continuously want to meet new people here in the Erie community. Um, And I'm doing kind of a series of interviews with people who own businesses locally. And your business, uh, Room 33, well, first and foremost, it's uh, it's an amazing place. If you haven't been there and you're in the Erie area, check it mm-hmm. out. It's very unique. It is the place to be uh, on a Friday after work, I will tell you that. Um, I've been there a few times, and it's awesome. And then uh, the pandemic hit. So I want to talk today, it's still an awesome place, but <laughs> I want to talk how that has affected uh, your business. and. Sure. Uh, I feel like every time I have opened up Facebook or Instagram, I have seen a room 33 trying new things. Um, you know, almost like you guys never really missed a beat. So I want to talk about how that occurred, how you adjusted to life during the pandemic, and also specifically somebody who works in marketing uh, and has experience in marketing as yourself, how you see the future of your business and really the marketing of uh, restaurants changing. Sure. So if we could, mm-hmm. let's, um, you know, let's start off with understanding a little bit more about you. You have a, a great, a great resume. You're very involved here in the area community. Um, this is your chance to talk a little bit about yourself. So go ahead. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> bad at doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, uh, I obviously have the restaurant and I actually currently work with a couple of different organizations in town. So I'm with Erie Day School and the Erie County Redevelopment Authority. So I do some work for them. And uh, I, like I said, I'm really bad at talking about myself. I just, uh, I like doing things that kind of help our community flourish. So I'm obviously have, you know, a lot of like um, little, uh, for lack of a better word, tentacles in a bunch of different areas. Love so, it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, I think uh, one glance at your LinkedIn profile uh, shows that you're very involved. Um, tell me a little bit, I guess, about your background. Did you grow up in the Erie area? Where where did you go to school? Um, talk a little bit about that. I did. Uh, I grew up in Erie. My mom's side, uh, most of them are still here. So I have three sisters who are two sisters. There's three of us and they're still here. I went to college. I actually did all my education here as well. I did my undergrad at Mercier's. It was actually in piano performance and music. So, and then I completely shifted, went on and got my master's at Gannon and then um, 
took a little hiatus and I was looking for some work in DC because I couldn't find kind of the career I was looking for at the time. And that's where I met my husband. And then he ended up being able to come back here with me. He worked for a company called Booz Allen Hamilton and they let him go remote. So then I ended up being here again, and which has been great because obviously I've been involved in so many different ways. And the community itself is wonderful. It's just that I had so much ambition and I didn't know what to do with it. And then um, I went back and got my PhD at Gannon. So that's in leadership and organizational learning. And then I ran for office back in 2015 for city council and I lost, but I really kind of wanted to put my money where my mouth was, right? Like I was all about investment in the downtown area and um, in redevelopment and in helping things grow and prosper. So what I knew best, at least at that point, was hospitality and event planning and, you know, and not to have another, just have another bar or restaurant. My husband and I decided to create a speakeasy style one to make it a little more unique, you know, and have the unique entrance and create the whole experience for everyone. So. It is a very cool experience. T tell me a little bit about, um, you know, what was one of the biggest challenges when you decided to open not just another restaurant, but a speakeasy? Because I remember when that first opened, everybody was like, what is a speakeasy? Since it is so unique, tell me a little bit about what makes it unique and what were some challenges and explain to people how they enter the, because <laughs> it's sure. kind of cool how you have to go into the facility. Yeah. What were some of the challenges in getting that off the ground? Uh, at the beginning, it was, in, you know, it was interesting because the entire intent of a speakeasy is to not market yourself. So it's like the antithesis of what I knew and wanted to do. So we didn't have any signage out front. And then it looks like a little bookstore when you come in and you go through a bookcase to get into the bar, which is they fundamentally look completely different. And that was kind of the intent behind it. But I, I had customers who uh, came in and left because they just didn't know what exactly to do. And it wasn't meant to be a daunting experience at all. But we had been to a number of them around the country, and it was just meant to be like, some of them are really unique. Like you have to have a password or there's like all these layers. So I can't even imagine, you know, putting that here in, in Erie. So it's just been, um, so that was one of, that was one of the unique challenges, but it, it made it interesting over time, you know, cause it, it gave some, uh, it gave uh, people something to talk about too. And it's a great picture spot and everything as well. But you don't know what you don't know, right? So when I opened a restaurant, you know, I knew little about like how you one gets a liquor license. I really thought when I was when I was kind of in the vicinity of gathering knowledge about it, like everybody had them like tucked away in drawers, right? Like because there's only a limited amount of liquor licenses, and there you can't just go out and get a new one because they're all spoken for. So I had to do a ton of research on that end, and then like obviously the liability factor that comes into play when you're trying to get funding for something like this, and so it was a, it was a grand learning process, but. You know, it was it was really fun to to kind of pick it all up along the way, and uh, it's it's been a great challenge ever since. How cool! I mean, when you were uh, coming out of college as a, a piano performance major, did you ever see yourself owning a restaurant? No, not at all. And I never, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, did you always want to have a restaurant?" I'm like, "No, I just woke up one day and was like, you know what, I'm gonna have a restaurant. <laughs> Let's like, try this." Yeah. yeah, and that's just kind of how I live my life. Is that. I'm always exploring different things. And I know that makes me a little bit different than a lot of people. Like I don't have a particular pathway and I'm always looking for my next challenge. So. I love it. Well, that's, I mean, that's such a strong message for today's young entrepreneurs and even college grads. Like 
finding your own way, trying new things, being willing to fail. I mean, I know this is an overarching message that a lot of kids are hit with, with, you know, motivational speakers and podcasters and YouTubers, but you are a great example of someone who has kind of tried different things. I mean, failed at a few things, but you continue to, to be open-minded. Like I, I don't see you saying, uh, well, no, this is it. I'm going to own a restaurant the rest of my life and I'm going to retire as a restaurant owner. I have a feeling you're going to continue to try new things and make Erie a better place. Yeah. I mean, that's my plan. Um, but yeah, failure is so important. It's such an important part of your knowledge gathering. And I think it's the more you do it, the more resilient you become to it. And you learn the most from that. I mean, successes are wonderful to have, but I think you 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 garner the most knowledge for, through your failures. Of course. Well, Room 33, uh, you know, seems to have been anything but a failure. Uh, you guys are have uh, been open three or four years now. Yeah, knock on wood for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, from, from an outsider's perspective, I am not someone who uh, is in the hospitality business. I'm just someone who likes to eat and drink. Um, man, it's definitely a cool place, but I want to talk about um, a little bit more about what happened here about six months ago from any business mm -hmm. owner's perspective, specifically yours, because Room 33 was still only, I mean, you've been open about three or four years now, if that. We're just going, we'll be our third year at the end of this year. So, so pretty yeah. pretty uh, early to be experiencing your first pandemic as a business owner. Yeah. So um, <laughs> talk about that um, when that first happened. I mean, this is kind of the question I want to ask everybody at some point, but what was your initial reaction? Fears, emotions, um, uncertainties, I'm sure. Tell me a bit about the day you heard everything was shutting down. Yeah, I tend to try to take most things in stride, you know, and I believe that like anything can happen at any time, right? So I try not to be in too much shock and awe when things happen, even something of this magnitude. It wasn't anything that we could obviously anticipate, but I think in some ways it was probably better that we had only been open for a couple of years because we were still young enough and malleable enough to kind of pivot a little bit. Whereas there's a lot of businesses that have been around for a very long time and they've been doing things a certain way for a very long time. And you had some of them had to completely disrupt their model in order to succeed during these times. So but when we were when we had closed down, 90 percent of our sales had been bar sales. And in Pennsylvania, obviously, you know, once everything shut down, you couldn't sell alcohol to go. So we either had to like close up shop or pivot and try to build upon our restaurant side. And we had we had a really great kitchen team. We just never had the opportunity to kind of capitalize on it. So that was our chance. So we did everything like we added like third party delivery systems. We did curbside takeout. We tried um, tried doing specials every single day, creating new dishes. If I didn't have the team that I had, though, you know, it, it would have never worked. I mean, this was a group of people that were just willing to go along with it, you know, and and take it in stride. And I know it got frustrating at times, but. You know, after that, probably a couple months in, we were able to elevate our, our food sales. So we probably went, we peaked probably at like 35, 40% food sales. And since then, it's gone back down now that it's been open, you know, a little bit more. But it just shows like, you know, and marketing is a huge part of that, right? Like, and I think if I didn't have that background, I don't know how I would I would have survived either. Like it was so helpful for me to know what I needed to put out there every day. Yeah, and you were definitely putting out lots of great information. You know, somebody who lives in the the social media marketing space, I appreciated the fact that the narrative you were telling was not doom and gloom. Like some people, even on social media platforms, you know, we're closed. You know, uh, you know, pushing some of their political agenda on why they were closed, kind of painting a picture of wow, I'm scared because the business or person I follow and trust and and support is telling me life is bad right now. So I should also be scared. 
but I was very, you know, um, encouraged to see local business owners such as yourself and some others saying, hey, like you said, this is bad, but we can still recover. We can still get through this. We're going to try new things. We need your support. We need your patience. Life is not over. We'll we'll survive. And Erie specifically, I thought did a great job um, just rallying. You know, I saw Facebook groups pop up like the Erie takeout. And yeah. you know, that was fantastic to be able to go in there and figure out who we could support, different restaurants. You know, your pictures were all over there. And I was just like, wow, this is cool to see people rallying together, trying to find ways to keep Erie afloat. You know, that we got this Erie campaign started. I mean, this is all stuff that our little, you know, corner of Northwestern Pennsylvania launched, you know, just to support small businesses locally. But um, specific to your restaurant, I saw you try all kinds of things, you know, like you said, the to-go orders, all the curbside pickup, things like that. But you, you did, you even did uh, very cool things like um, the. I, I appreciated the the movie, the movie nights, yeah. and things like that. Like, yeah. and I saw those things, and I thought, you know, why haven't maybe more restaurants been trying things like this more often? Because we do live in a society uh, that's shifting toward not wanting to leave our house, right? right? I mean, right. my wife and I discovered last week that we can actually have our groceries like literally delivered mm-hmm. to our door now. Yep. We thought like grocery pickup was life changing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, DoorDash mm-hmm. and you know, all those things are making it so much more difficult to want to leave our home. Right. So anyway, seeing things like like these kits that you were producing that were like, yeah. hey, come and take date night to your house, come and take movie night to your friend's house or whatever. Um, where did the ideas for some of those come from and yeah. How did they go over with people? So one of the so, so part of the thing that has helped me obviously being in marketing is kind of sticking true to your brand, right? And I didn't want to pivot from that. I wanted to develop relationships like you said and partnerships with different and help, you know, because a rising tide lifts all ships, right? So even if they were other people that were in our industry, you know, I we wanted to partner with them. But one of the things that we did that we capitalized on was, I mean, at the time we were known for our cocktails. So we created these great little uh, cocktail kits without the spirit in them. We bottled them up and, you know, we sold them to go. But the benefit of that actually is in the end, now we're in the process of creating a new company called Blind Tiger Spirit Free Cocktails um, because it gives us an alternative, hopefully at some point, an alternative revenue source. And it targets a completely different audience. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, like 30% of the population doesn't drink. So and now we're trying to create this sophisticated sort of spirit without the actual spirit attached to it. So it, it all these things, if, if you're open to that mindset, right, that and you're sticking to what you know, there's a lot of different opportunities out there. Wow. So which of all the things you tried, if you don't mind me asking, which do you think was the best received by folks? Because you did try a lot of things mm-hmm. like the different kits, the spiritless drinks, things like that. What do you think went over best and what what might continue to be something that you uh, incorporate into your day-to-day operation? Yeah, thankfully, I mean, because we were able to build up our our menu, you know, so that did that helped us enough where we carry that through now. Like we have a lot of people that are coming in for food, uh, and obviously, given the current regulations, you have to come in for food and drink mm-hmm. if, if you want to have a drink. But um, our best were probably really the bottled cocktails or mocktail mixes that we had, and that you can mix with something because we use, you know, they're all home house made ingredients, you know, fresh. Like it's fresh limes and lemons, not lime juice. Like everything was was very fresh, and it would stay for up to a week in your in your refrigerator. And those were really popular. And then the other thing, once we could sell alcohol to go, we created like uh, spirit popsicles. So those were wildly popular. They sold out 
the, we would only do them like once a week or something because they're, they're really work intensive for our team. But um, yeah, they would go really, really quick. That's awesome. Wow. So, so many different things you were trying. Um, you know, what, as you look ahead now that we're hopefully crawling out of, of the pandemic, learning so much about how to change and how to adapt and how, you know, normal might never really return. What has been, been one of the best things you've learned, maybe personally, not even so much professionally or from an entrepreneurial standpoint? What is something you've learned personally, maybe about yourself through this pandemic as it maybe applies to business or maybe just applies to your own goals and endeavors? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've learned I'm pretty insane, right? Because <laughs> I continue to just, I don't stop. And, you know, in some ways that's great. In some ways, you know, my husband is like, what? what are you doing? Because I, you know, I bring him along for the ride most of, most of the time. And he's not as energetic in that realm as I am. Um, but, you know, and I'm constantly learning and, and evolving and adapting. And I think that's one of the things that I think is important to, to take away from this is that you, nothing is certain. Everything changes, right? And if you're able and willing to, to be open and adaptable to things, you know, it, it, it just helps you move along emotionally and mentally much better, even if you can't physically change anything, you know, that's going on around you. One of the things I do on the side is I write for a national magazine called uh, Restaurant Startup and Growth. And I've had the opportunity over the last couple months to interview, you know, very high profile restaurateurs. And one of the things, and these are things in the back of my mind, but one of the things that I keep hearing, you know, is the entire model of the restaurant industry is broken, right? And it's and it, it needed to be revamped. And a lot of them are getting into things like ghost kitchens and more of a digital hospitality realm. And then there, so they're completely, there's a lot of people out there that are doing things that are completely, they've pivoted from what they've known and they've been successful, you know, being able to do that. But it's just kind of finding that niche within your industry and looking for what the future might look like for that. Mm. What are some of the coolest things you're hearing out of that space? That, like you said, ghost kitchens for for the for the average person that maybe doesn't live in that realm. Where, what are some of the neatest outside the box ideas that people are implementing and seeing success with from a restaurant standpoint? Yeah, I, I mean the ghost kitchen concept is is really unique. Um, it, these are people that are probably in more of a metropolitan area, so they're they're coming together in. And I, I believe the Erie Downtown Development Corporation is is doing, it's not a ghost kitchen concept, but they're putting everything under one roof, right? Um, but in a ghost kitchen concept, these restaurateurs come together and they sell their product just for pickup, but they're all in one space. So you can come and choose from what you want or what restaurant you want to get food from. And they're just using it as an offsite sort of place, right? A lot of them still have, because the whole element of hospitality is hospitality. So they keep the restaurant there so they can still have that you know, that one-on-one -on -one engagement with their customers. But the other thing that I'm learning is, you know, there's a gentleman who owns a place called Cali Barbecue, and he's very big into digital hospitality, and he does a podcast almost every day, and people love him. And But that continues to keep him out there, right? So he's doing the ghost kitchen, he's doing the podcast, and he has his own restaurant. But he knows that by diversifying, you know, there's more opportunity for success in the long term. Love it. That's really cool. I, I mean, that's that's been the most exciting thing for me to witness as a, an early business owner myself is seeing people change the way they do business and seeing success. I'm sad for 
the people that didn't survive, obviously, this this shutdown. Um, I'm sad for the people that are too set in their ways to change. I know that's a lot easier for some people than others, even from a logistical standpoint, depending on the type of business they own. But it's been really exciting to see people shift and pivot their services to still show up for their customers, like like you have in the restaurant industry. What kind of advice, though, if there is somebody who's thinking about opening a restaurant, someone who owns a restaurant, <laughs> don't do uh, it. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> no. fair. That's fair. Or wait till the pandemic's <laughs> over to give it a shot. Um, what kind of advice would you offer? Because man, you've like you said, you were kind of in the infancy of owning a biz, uh, a restaurant, and you're thrust into a pandemic. You've learned a lot, obviously, that you've shared with us today, but. What kind of advice are you giving perhaps somebody who's like thinking about open a restaurant in 2020? What do you think? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I mean, my first instinct is to hold off. But um, no, seriously, if that's their passion, you know, I like I said, we're developing this blind tiger thing. And we've done other things that have required extra money during the time when you don't have extra money, right? So... I'm all I'm all about encouraging entrepreneurship and people who want to start something. And if they're not completely trained in the area that they want to open, they I guess it's just to be open about garnering the knowledge and to be able to take advice, you know, and not be afraid of competition. I think that that's one thing that so many people are, are worried about. They don't want to share their ideas because they're worried that other people will steal them. And and I have found the opposite to be true. You know, I've worked with all these different restaurants in town, and and I try to promote all these different restaurants in town. And um, be, and I find that by sharing ideas, we all kind of grow together, anyways. And so it's really just kind of being it's really just being open and adaptable and resourceful. Um, if if that's something that they want to get into and to seek out advice from other people in the industry. Of course. Um, I, I'd like to wrap things up by just asking you briefly, stepping outside of the restaurant world, our community here in Erie, Pennsylvania, similar to many other, maybe smaller, you know, non-metropolitan areas like you had mentioned earlier, how have you seen our city grow? And what is your, somebody who obviously grew up here and came back to Erie, what does the future look like post-pandemic? Yeah, I we've always had a really great sense of community, I think. And over the last six months, and really over the last year, I think that that has gotten a lot stronger. I've seen, obviously, with the onset of all the different organizations that are about the revitalization of the downtown and the community overall, and I see a lot of investment and a lot of hope. I think, you know, we were on... Uh, trajectory to to kind of right before the pandemic to really kind of explode in a great way and and I think that that tempered the expectations for some and I think that but at the same time I think that afforded an opportunity to kind of see the true colors of a lot of different people and organizations to see what ultimately will work in the long term and if we stay the course you know even as and it's it is frustrating I mean it, you know we're all I'm trying to be as adaptable as possible but there are a ton of little road, roadblocks that keep coming up. But I do think that our community will ultimately prosper as long as we stay the course. Of course, I couldn't agree more. It's been so encouraging to see, um, like you said, people come together, support one another, and this is a resilient city. And it's been great to see people, um, you know, some flourish during this time. Uh, unfortunately, some not. But I think hopefully Erie will grow from this. Um, small businesses will adapt to the new way of kind of doing business, similar to how Room 33 has adapted. And um, yeah, I'm kind of, I guess, 
hesitant but excited about the next six to eight to 12 months to see how we climb out of this pandemic, how we connect with one another in different ways um, from a marketing, from a social media, and just from a sitting across and having coffee or a cocktail uh, in unique ways. So uh, I really appreciate your perspective, even just, you know, I'm sure we could talk even more about all the different ways that you have grown from all of this, but I really wanted to talk about the restaurant today and I appreciate all the insight and perspective you brought somebody's listening to this or somebody's downtown or somebody's on the other side of the state and was like i gotta check out a speakeasy where can they learn more about the speakeasy but also where can they learn more about you so let's cover both there uh well they can find us online uh our website is room33.bar and then they can find us on on all social as room 33 speakeasy so cool yeah and you particularly you do a lot of work in the community as well you said you write um is there a quick way that people can uh learn a little bit more about your work? Uh, I, I have my own website. I, I generally don't, uh, uh, well, promote it, but it's just my name, RebeccaStein.com, cool. but it has my work on there, yeah. Love it. Well, your work, keep up the good work, Rebecca, and I hope that you have uh, a great birthday. I really appreciate your time today. It was great to connect with you. No, thanks for having me. Friends, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Keeping It Real with Chris Norris. Make sure you check the show notes for all of the relevant links. And don't forget, this is a production of Revox Social. We are a social media management and consulting agency helping businesses expand their reach online and successfully connect with their customers through the use of social media. We also can help with podcasting production, television video production, basically any type of content or any type of way we can help you share your story online. We are here to help. Reach out to us at revoxsocial.com. Looking forward to another episode. Uh, Stay tuned for more. Thanks again for listening.